We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. And a very good evening and welcome to TalkSport here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. We're live on 88.7 FM and around the world on crkc.ie. Spit the Pot draw has just been made. We'll bring you details on that in a few minutes. No racing in Goran this afternoon, but we are in Dundalk as usual. Scott will join us on the line in just a moment. Also on the programme, we'll hear from Leitrim Zach Moradi, all about his story. And it's Welsh Open Week, and local snooker star Davy Morris will join us to talk about that. If you want to join the conversation, 086 353 782 is our text number. And that's sponsored by Taxback.com. Let's go racing and join our ace tipster, Bear Scott. Evening to you, Bear. Good evening, Liam. Have you got some money to make for us? Well, we made a bit last week now. You know, we had a 10 to 1 winner last week. Credit where credit is due. We better mention it. (laughs) (laughs) We don't get to mention it too often. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. We do have enough losers, so we better (laughs) mention it. But anyway, that's a worry. Look, the racing again started at 4 o'clock up there in Dundalk. And um, the first race went to number three, Maggie Thunder, seven to two favourite. Second was number eight, Mysterio, eighteen to one. And third was number seven, Poet Pride, eleven to two, and nine ran. The four thirty. This went to number two, Grandmaster Flash, seven to four favourite. Second was number four, Sneaky Getaway, nine to four. And third here was number three, Pascarenko, at eleven to one. Number one was a non-runner here, and eight ran. The five o'clock, the winner was number five, Betrayed, nine to two. And second was number two, Stribbling, 13 to two. The beaten favourite was number seven, and seven ran. The 5.30, this went to number seven, Big Gossie, 10 to one. They heat for second between number five, Wonder Elzam, and number six, Fastman. Wonder Elzam, 18 to five, and Fastman, 22 to one. Beaten favourite was number eight, and nine ran. Didn't get the six o'clock yet, Liam. I expect you'll probably get that. We will, yeah. Before, yeah, before you're finished there. But uh, I'm looking at the last three races on the car tonight. The 6.30 and 7 o'clock, two divisions of a one-mile handicap, both having the maximum 14 runners and both looking extremely tricky. The half-six race, uh, I've tried to narrow it down to five, four or five. But, uh, look, I don't even know what might be favourite maybe Sister Lola who has a good recent run I think uh, another one MacCliff number 13 also good recent form Nayland number 5 and I think myself maybe number 1 Lady Andas will also feature in the betting. It's tricky and the winner could come from the way outsiders here. I just think that number 1 Lady Andas well bred horse 
who has been running over distances that may not have been ideal. Not sure if the mile will be ideal, but I think she'll be uh, an each-way price and might be worth a euro each way there. The second division is 7 o'clock. Again, I tried to narrow it down a bit. An important non-runner here is number 7 Ranger Bob, who I think would probably have been favoured. But uh, without Ranger Bob, I think number 9, Echern, will take over the mantle as favourite. Darkest Hour, number 10. Uh, number 1, Jack Berry House. Number 4, Miss Sassy Boots. And number 8, Tommy the Hat. I think should all feature prominently in the betting, even at number 13, Tyrannia is another one that could be fancied here. Echern has won three times over the course and distance. Kind of lost his way for a while and was running very poorly. But last couple of runs, he's been getting to show a sign of his old form. He This is an excellent opportunity opportunity for him to get win number four on the course. And would you believe it, I got a bell from Spain today about Echern, and I'm told that he should certainly be in at the business end of that race. Finally, the half seven, this is the seven furlong handicap. Liam, and it includes our friend Togoville, who's done the business for us last week. Also in there is uh, number four, Masalaya, winner last week as well. Number one, Sunset Nova, who's been running really well in recent times. And number two, St. George's says They should all be vying for favoritism here. But I'm going to desert the old-timer friend here, Togoville, the oldest horse in the race again. And I think he will run well tonight, but I think he might be found wanting tonight. Down near the bottom, number nine, Indiana Gray is one that's been catching my eye uh, at a, a little bit further back than the winners, I would say, but running really well. And his last run, he hadn't much luck in running. Written by Danny Sheehy tonight. I think he has an excellent in each race chance. He's the one will be carrying my uh, few bob tonight, Okay, Bert, thank you very much indeed for that. And, of course, there was no racing in Gorn Park today due to a waterlogged surface. Um, on a sadder note, uh, the passing of Peter Marr from Evergreen Bear. Um, I'm sure you came across him. Oh, God, I, I know Peter a long, long time before he ever got involved in soccer. But, look, what can I say about Peter? Anybody that's been involved locally in soccer over the last 40, 50 years maybe would know Peter. He's just been a, an absolutely tremendous worker for the game in Kilkenny. He's been involved all down through the years, committees, school boys in particular. He'll always be known as the man that ran. Now there was other people. He had plenty of lieutenants and good lieutenants, might I say. I won't even... Uh, mention names because if I did I would surely leave out somebody but Peter was always the man you could go to and he, where our school guys was concerned he was just tremendous I know he came to me many times you know if, if there was a team needed somebody to go somewhere with him and he couldn't go himself and that was seldom he'd come up to the house and he just he just couldn't refuse him you know he was that he loved the game so much it didn't matter whether it was under 18, under 16, under 12, under 11, he'd be looking for somebody to go with him. And I, I had a word with a chap today that actually played underage soccer with Peter, and he told me, I thought it was a nice little story. He said that, and I, I, I could nearly, Peter was always a great character and a great wit, very funny man, and he could tell the story. And even the young lads used to get a great kick out of me. He'd tell him a few, you know, a few stories early on, he'd have more laughing. 
then all of a sudden this chap told me it could get serious Peter the laughing is finished oh, that's the end of the laughing now we have to talk about this match and that's the way he was you know he was a tremendous character so sorry to hear of his passing because I was speaking to him not too long ago now it wasn't very recent but a couple of months back I met him down outside the Black Abbey and he was in good old form and Peter wasn't as I say he he never looked the healthiest, but he, he was a lot tougher than he looked, that's for mm. sure. Well, we send on our condolences to his family, and uh, may sure. he rest in peace. Bear, thanks a lot, and uh, we'll hear from you again on sports tomorrow right. afternoon. Thanks, Steve. Thank you very much indeed. That's Bear Scott there with the racing pata, a legend. Yeah, Peter. Peter was one of those, uh, these people, real genuine fella, and uh, I think, uh, you know, he, he was... Uh, uh, liked and respected by everyone. It didn't matter mm. what uh, sport and organisation you're in, and uh, and that. But he was just one of those genuine people. Mm. And Nicky Kilkenny's a small county, yeah. so when we have these sporting leg- legends. We have to. Yeah, well, I, I I got mm. to know Peter first actually when he used to be coming out to visit relatives and st- or stay out relatives, not too far away from our house at home. And his sister Dorothy was a was a, a world class um, Irish dancing. Li- uh, uh, lady, so she was absolutely tremendous. She really was performing at the top. So I, I, I got to know two of them that stage. But uh, you know, I, I, I he, there's a lot of young lads in Kilkenny who he helped along the way with their mm. football, and uh, I think they owe a huge debt of gratitude for all he done and uh, to his family's sympathies because he was a he was a great guy for football and soccer in Kilkenny. But he was a he was an even better person, and that's something that nice. And when we talk about people who've di- who died and Pat, you, I meant, mentioned to say to you before the program, a man who sold tickets more tickets than I can think of anybody was Jackie Hanley out in uh, oh yeah Jackie out in he lived out in, yeah, in, in the Callanroy in Kilmana yeah. and my God did he sell it so <laughs> I suppose there's no doubt about it Bally Callan would want us to, Greg Bally Callan would want us to mention Jackie tonight in the programme because he sold more tickets for that club and he no matter what was going on it could even be I'd say he was selling tickets when mass was going on um, well you could meet Jackie anywhere selling tickets yeah. you could be down Thomastown or you could be you could yeah. be Anywhere, Jackie had uh, pulled the tickets, pulled the tickets out the box. Yeah, the tickets. Well, he was tremendous. I mean, oh, yeah. uh, and I know the Valley Cannons would want us to acknowledge that tonight. Mm-hmm. You're far too young to know Jackie and Hanley, but there's a lovely photograph on his on RIP because he's he obviously is he the photograph is off when he served in the uh, in the in the army and just mm-hmm. acknowledging that as well. Yeah, and the other thing he did, of course, was um, before a lot of people do, he videoed a, a huge amount of matches uh, for the the club. Any camogie uh, underage, no matter what match he. Was was videoing them. Uh, he had he was he had that going yeah. long, long before last people. Yeah. Now that you remember, you yeah. said that it comes back to me. You know, and look at it's important to, uh, to to remember guys like him because mm. he was very much part and parcel of the Ballycannon Club for so many years. Two men of the people by the sound oh, of big time. Oh, very much so. Yeah. 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 Well, we pass on our condolences to both families there and may they rest in peace. Our community radio, Kilkenny City, eighty-eight point seven FM. We're changing tat completely now because we've got to split the pot draw it's been made in the last couple of moments and you can stop biting the fingernails because it's in and the winner of 555 euro and I can assure you this was all above board with Sinead Cashin so Sinead Cashin 555 euro first prize goes to you and I'm sure there'll be plenty of people able to make a connection between the Cashins there but well done to you to, uh, well done to you, to, to you Sinead um, in second prize with 50 euro is Kevin Brennan and in third prize with 30 euro is is KB. So 
the draw once again. Sinead Cashin picks up €555. Euro. Kevin Brennan wins €50 euro, and KB wins €30. Euro. I wonder is that a pointer now to uh, Jim's treble tomorrow? Uh, could be. Cashin uh, <laughs> might be on a roll. It's written in the stars. Oh, I think so, yeah. I think so, yeah. I wonder yeah. who was the promoter there. Oh, I'd say he'll be looking for a dividend. <laughs> so, Sinead, if you're listening to us, you'll have to get out something nice from giving him something little voucher yeah. for McDonald's or somewhere absolutely and we'll do that draw again um, next month so please do support Split the Pot wherever you see the yellow box slip the two euro into the envelope and you're in the hat and uh, well anybody can come out it's a uh, look at the draw play January's Community Radio Kilkenny City Split the Pot monthly draw whenever you see the yellow boxes Put two euros in the envelopes provided. Write your name and contact number on the envelope and drop the envelope in the yellow box. Be in it to win. The more envelopes you have in the yellow box, the better chance you have of winning. You can also get the envelopes from any volunteer of Community Radio Kilkenny City or at the radio station at 32 Hebron Industrial Estate, just off the Hebron Road. Be in it to win it. JJ Cavan and Sons sponsoring Friday Talksport from 6 to 7 on Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. Please do support the Split the Pot draw. Now a text in from Jim Rowan saying, don't forget Jackie Handley of Ballycallan. He was a lovely man. So that comes in from Jim Rowan. And uh, another text from our own Barry Enrique saying, oh Jesus, I hope you are right in the heat because I'm broke. So <laughs> that's a little subtle dig there our own Jim Cashin. And uh, Jim, you'll have to up your game tomorrow. Right, let's go to the Greyhounds in James's Park. Nicky. Thank you very much, Liam. Well, look at as I say, I, since I started this crack from Seamus Brophy, I don't think I've let a week go by where I didn't have one winner. So that's probably... That's a couple could thing. learn from you. Well, I don't know about that now, <laughs> but it's my biggest fear when I'm at home on a Friday night and I'm checking the results and I'm heading towards race eight and I said, God, mm. race nine or race nine or ten, better do something for me. This is totally potluck, as um, Paul Hennessy knows, it's a pin job. And you hit the post a good few times I as well. I hit the post a few times as mm. well, yeah, yeah. Well, look at in, in about a month's time, the man who should really know about the ground, who does know about the greyhounds, he'll hopefully he'll be back to take on this. Anyway, they start tonight at half seven out on the um, the Freshford Road out in James's Park. In fact, I was talking to a journalist during the week Gleam and uh, there will be an article actually in the Sunday Independent on Sunday about All-Ireland finals that were actually played outside of uh, Croke Park mm-hmm. and one All-Ireland final was played in James's Park really? how about that now yeah. there you go did you know that Pat Tracy? No. There you go now. Anyway, read all about it on Sunday. Dermot Crow in the uh, in the Sunday Independent. Anyway, I'm going for race number one. It's the Frightful Flash Kennels uh, Novice 525 semi-final. I'm going for number two in that. It's Brian Egan owned from Morton Westmeat. Murky Lahey trained. Temple Spark, number two to get the better of Patrick Sinnott's Blackstone Teddy, number three. Moving on to the second race, and that is the Frightful Flash Kennels Novice. It's a 525 uh, semi-final. It's the second semi-final at that stake. Race one was the first semi-final. I'm going for uh, Mary Buggies, sound from Bagnellstown, trained by Thomas Buggies. Number five, Kilgraney Line, to get the better of Tom Lahey's, owned and trained, could be, could be it. Moving on to race number three, the COVID-19 protocols, A7525. My tip on that is William Hanlon's uh, number five, Ballygore Boss, to get home ahead of uh, number one, uh, Myra Costigans from Porkeish's Moidra's Jet. Race number four, Greyhound make great pets and A6525 my tip there is the Quinlan dog from Turles Theresa Quinlan's number one bull run blast to get home ahead of number three Patrick Gose all the way down from Carlo there Aragal Bally 
Moving on to race number five, additional meeting at Kilkenny Track. It's an A5525. My tip in that is number five, Jamelli Lizzie, Stuart Cavanagh's own and trained to get home ahead of uh, the syndicate out there from Three Castles, The Rock, Lemon Lockdown, Tom Lannan, uh, trainer there from that one. Race number six is the um, trials at Kilkenny Track in A5525. My tip in that one is number four, Wayward T-Shot. It's a syndicate uh, trained by Morty Lahey. Number four there to get in ahead of number two, Incredible Drew, Vincent John Lund owned and Paul Hennessy trained to come home there in second. Race number seven, the Odawires Greyhound feeds A4525. My tip there is Liam Peacock's number four, Bogger Gina, to get home ahead of uh, young Billy Sinnott out there in Kells, a Blackstone Flyer, number one. Race number eight, not going far, it's the Ballymac Anton at Stud, A4525. My tip there is George Webster's number three, Arabian Bell, to get home ahead of number two, a syndicate... Um, Naboha Road Syndicate there Martin Morrissey's Ocean Flash to come home second race number 9 sales meeting at Kilkenny Track A3525 my tip on that one is number 5 Bogger Charlie another peacock dog from Taurus to get home ahead of number 6 Henry Kelly's Carlo Jet that could be a good race there it's between those two I think race number 10 is the McCalmont Cup A3525 it's a stake actually and only the, the it's starting pretty soon and uh, I'm going for number one Kippers Express Shem O'Donnell and Joseph O'Hanlon's off just across the few fields from me there so Shem I'm putting you in tonight to win ahead of number three Ascot Matty's Billy Murphy's dog and race number 11 heading off around 25 past nine out there on James's Park tonight racing next Friday night at 8.2525 my tip for that one is Sean Dooley's Town Hope has had uh, four wins in its last five races there but it'll have it all to do still even though I think he'll get the better of um, Morty Lahey's Amelia Waters number six Perry's Lucky Pick and uh, number six to come home second and that's it Liam from James's Park N- tonight Nicky thank you I'm not sure if this is construed as bullying at this stage another text in from Barry I should be following a man that knows nothing about what he speaks instead of a lad that is supposed to know everything about soccer I so don't I'm not easily insulted <laughs> it's alright Barry I don't know I think poor Jim and yourself need a bit of defence here so if there's anyone out there that wants to defend either Nicky or Jim 086-353-7782 is our taxback.com text line because I'd be I'm worried now that I might lose faith uh, <laughs> no, no. all I can say is that uh, G- uh, Barry can identify with Jim <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it we'll take a break we are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM in tune with TalkSport 0863537782 is our taxback.com text line and we're here until 7 o'clock now last week I spoke to Zach Moradi he's a Leitrim hurdler and you may have seen him on the Tommy Tiernan show two or three weeks back and we had a very good in-depth chat so here's how it went um, well, as, as you know the family came from refugee after spending about 22 years in the refugee camp mm. in, in in Iraq over the when the Iraq-Iran war started in 19... 19- he invaded Iran and then you were, you know, 20 to 50,000 other people were told to move on into Iraq. So they were kind of held as, uh, as prisoner, prisoners of war, you know. But then for all that, then you'll end up turning to refugees then. So, so that war went on for about eight years. And then, and then obviously when we, when we 
came here as a programme at UG in 2002, 1st of July 2002, and then obviously, you know, it took about two months later, obviously, then the GAA kicked in between mm. Gaelic and Hurling, kind of, you know, the way down schools, they all do uh, Hurling and Gaelic with uh, a club coach coming in, doing a bit of GAA, you know yourself. But um, it just kind of kicked off there. Yeah. Primary school, mm. when I was in sixth class. And can you remember the first game you saw or the first time you saw you know these couple of lads going around with a hurling slitter and said to yourself God what's going on here do you remember that moment yeah I remember that and I was like I just I, I was just like I didn't know what the hell like, is this is this game you know it was uh, it was just something different it was just because I used to just be so used to playing you know soccer or well, you know, mm. sprinting against friends when I was in Iraq, you know, so it was just a different start, and it was a, and it was just kind of, it was a big challenge as well for me, especially when I didn't really speak English at all either, you know, so it was just, you're trying to combine the two together, but, uh, yeah, I kind of just uh, came there, you know, just kind of felt it over, just kind of, like, that was probably a game, but I all just got more enjoyment out of hurling. You know, hurling is just a game can pull with you and puck around you at the wall. And, you know, if you're going playing soccer, you always need someone to kick a ball and get someone to get back, kick back to kick you. But hurling is a very different game. Mm. You can bang a player against the wall and it'll come back to you. And the slitter can be your friend. And did it take long, Zach, to warm to the sport? Or, you know, like, were you, were you in, instantly in love with hurling or did it take a few uh, pucks around with your friends to get into it? And, uh, like, how important was hurling to, to make friends and to kind of blend into, into the community? You know, very important to me. As, as I said, Gaelic was... I actually picked up Gaelic very quick, very easy mm. enough, you know. But um, hurling was just like... It, it did take a couple of years for me to get used to, you know, speaking and, you know, there's a lot of skills, there's a lot of skill involved in hurling, you know, if you compare it to any other sport. If you, if you, if you know, it's like, if you're even trying to get a, a professional soccer player, I get Ronaldo trying to give him a, hur, a, hur, give him a hurling a slitter, you know, and he's, he's trying to very hard to be able to strike a ball or, you know, mm -hmm. to pick it up because it's just, there's so much skill involved. Mm -hmm. You know, soccer, anybody can play soccer. If you get a five-year-old, put a ball in the ground, he'll be able to kick it. But you, you're not going to be able to do that with uh, with hurling. Mm. You, need, you need a lot of training, you know. And so I put, I, to be honest, I put it, I put in a lot of work myself, you know, on my own, going around with a hurl and a slitter with friends and hooking the bills and hitting the ball against the slitter, you know. And just and over the years, and I just got like I just be, I end up just loving the game, you know. And it's just so fast. I always enjoy the game, you know. You always get enjoying it over when you're even striking that ball. For me, it's not. To be for me, hurling is just I just enjoy. Get one out and played and made so many friends over hurling and you know some people's heads you know I know sometimes at underage you know you see coaches it's all about trying to get winning mentality in their head but when I'm coaching kids in my club I'm always trying to keep them playing get them over if you can get 30 kids playing up to minor that's you're going to get them playing for the rest of their life you know yeah, and, and a lot of people probably would be surprised that Leitrim is the county where you picked up hurling because it's not exactly a stronghold. It's not a stronghold, but then, as I always say, you get people in every county, in every county in Ireland, you know, in every, like there's a hurling club and there's, uh, there's a hurling club and uh, it's called mm. St. Mary, uh, Carrick Hurling Club, and all they do is just hurling. Mm. And they have 
couple of teams and you know and they'll, they'll be the same as they to the last one Kenny and they love hurling as well you know mm. and it's and it's um, it's um, like I never like to be honest when I was kind of when I started playing when I was young I, I would never thought of, uh, these things in my mind oh, Le- Leitrim is not a hurling county and you know all this kind of usual you hear from people yeah. it's not a hurling county oh, it's a football at the end of the day it's whoever if every county is playing hurling and Gaelic so it is a hurling county and it is a football county. You mightn't have everyone playing. It's like probably Kilkenny. Not everybody plays hurling. Not everyone plays Gaelic. But it's still a GA county, you know. Mm. And did you reach a stage in your life, you know, you got onto the Leitrim hurling panel. Did you reach a stage in your life where you thought, geez, I'm good at this. And, and you kind of seen it more as, a, as something you could really aspire to go really high in rather than ju- it just being a hobby. I, um, I, I just kind of, Look, you know, I times when I went out playing Horner with and where I get that by thirty points, you know, and it was just it was a nightmare, you know, and you'd be like you're traveling two hours in the car down and another two hours back, you know, and then you, you could come back on the way. Some some days you could say that, but then some days you just kind of like when you win and it all pays off, win a game and it's when you win a game it's, it's all great but look it's like in every county you know even when Kilkenny if they lose an All-Ireland semi-final in the hurling it like, probably does their head in you know altogether mm-hmm. what did we do wrong what can we do better you know well, you get that in every county where you're a smaller county but like at us at our level in Leitrim we're always just trying to promote hurling the hurling and trying to just improve hurling that's where we're at like we're, we're, mm-hmm. I know we're, we're not aiming for All-Ireland like Liam McCarthy aren't like that you know we're always we know our standards we know what level we're at and we're always trying to improve like a couple of years ago we were the bottom you know seven, six, seven years ago we were you know they went by if you include Lancashire Warwickshire all them Berlin, London like we were that bottom with mm-hmm. the 36 about yeah, it's seven counties ahead, you know, so we're not, you know, probably we're the 27, that's 26 now, you know, so it's not too bad, you know. We're always, we're kind of looking that way, we're always trying to get a couple of levels up. Yeah, yeah, and it's all about participation, I suppose, in a county like Leitrim, and uh, winning is a bonus, and you enjoy winning just like any other county. Um, in the dressing room environment, as you were, you know, going up through the ranks with Leitrim, and obviously with your club as well, did you ever have any trouble fitting into that dynamic? Because we all know there could be a bit of banter in a dressing room. Was there ever, was there ever any problems there, or did you fit right in? No, I didn't fit right in, you know. I don't be looking at myself as I'm an outsider, you know. Mm. I just, uh, I, I feel like, you know, it's like on the court, and we always say, because we don't have a country, you know, so anywhere we, we go and we land, and we feel like this is our country. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and that's and that's probably fair. And the fact you came to Ireland at a, a reasonable young age probably adds to that as well. Um, you know, it's it's any kid's dream to hurl in Crow Park, and you got to live that dream. I mean, what was that like? I'm sure uh, the surface in Crow Park is better than you know your normal club GA ground pitch. Oh, stop! Yeah, no, it's, uh, I, it's the best pitch. It's the best uh, played on. And it's, it's it's second massive, you know. <laughs> you, 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 you could see you, you could see what when you're watching uh, national league games and if you're, you're yeah. watching like the Wexford are playing down against Kilkenny they give them a good game and 
in Nolan Park. Mm-hmm. And no one can can you so much used to Tipperary. They're so much used to Crow Park. Yeah. And then when they're playing against Wexford and Wexford and all them seem to be a little bit lost because it's huge. You're not used to the playing on that big pitch, you know. And did you find that? Did you find you had to take maybe that extra few minutes to get into the game and maybe get used to it on the first occasion? Yeah, I, yeah. Like, like obviously in 2017 when we got into the first the Lardy Meyer final, and it was just so hard to get into a final. That time there was six or seventeen, and we tried to get there, and it was just like it was just at that time it was like we were just happy that we got there to play in Crow Park. It wasn't even like you know whether we won or not. We were just delighted to be the first team in the county to get to play in Crow Park and to promote the game, you know. Mm. But um, but it was just like we knew it was like, geez, you have to be fit to play in Crow Park, you know. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you can't hide in Crow Park. That's why I noticed, you know. You, you cannot. It doesn't matter if you have. Uh, like I even watched the uh, watched the Waterford and the Kilkenny uh, in the semi final, you know. Uh-huh. And, and and the difference I noticed when I was watching the whole game, it was. The Waterford were a younger team and faster team, you know. You're bringing back you painful to, memories now, Zach. Yeah, no, it's just <laughs> these things. But like, well, actually, we kind of the same thing would happen with Leitrim. We were very unfit when we played Warwickshire, and Warwickshire were a very fit team. Mm. And because you know, we used to give Warwickshire a good game. We used to always be a point or two in them when we played them down in Warwickshire or in Leitrim or any of the county. But when, you, when we played them, they were a fitter team, and we could see it. And then for two years after, you just concentrate on the fitness a bit more mm. because. You know, like fitness, because when you're playing Crow Park, it's a massive pitch, and that's why you see when even Dublin are playing Gaelic against Mead, Mead and them seem to be lost because it's just a massive pitch, and it's you need a lot. Of, you know, you can't hide. You know. Yeah, and Zach, like playing a team like Warwickshire, it's not it's not a team that you'd see on the television week in week out. How does that affect preparations going into a match like that? Do you, do you know much about them? See, that's the problem with uh, like we're always like. Like when you're playing uh, Warwickshire, you just don't know who they have, who you're playing against, you know, <laughs> because they have lads from all over the country, lads from Kilkenny, Tipperary, and like, and you can tell them friends they're playing Warwickshire, and they're like, oh, you're playing an English team, yeah. and they, they, they just don't get it. And I'm like, you're playing lads that have been playing Fina Hurling, Kilkenny, and Tip, and Waterford, and all them, and they all come in, they combine into the one, you know. There's and no posh English know. accent or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, that's the thing, and then. When you're down there, there's like proper full-on hurling, and they're all like, they're all hurling. That's why we played, and they had Liam Watson of Vanstrom, and he was the best hurling answer, and he was playing with them, mm-hmm. and they had, um, they were playing like, they had the Jacobs in Lancashire, and there was all a couple of big names as well they had, you know, played in the county, a good level, or some might have played minor gold, minor gold, one for other counties, and they'd be playing, they'd be all playing over there, you know. You just don't know who you're playing against. Yeah. At least if I'm going down playing against Sligo, I know who we're playing against, who's good. But with Lancashire and Warwickshire, them teams can go up three levels in three years, and three years' time they can come back to scratch one. Mm-hmm. The players might travel back home and get jobs at home, you know? Yeah, and you've mentioned Kilkenny a few times, and we probably take on to Crow Park for granted. So it's great for all these guys that maybe had to travel abroad and, and to play for teams like Leitrim here in Ireland as well to get to Crow Park on these occasions. It's superb because it's every kid's dream, I suppose. Yeah, no, it's, that's the thing. It's every kid's dream, and then, and you don't get. A, I always say you don't get many, you know, many chances to get to play in Crow Park. You're only no. getting a chance in the quarter final, or if you're in a, you know, Larry Maher or Nicky Rackham mm. Cup final, and especially if you're in Kilkenny, it's the Leinster semi final or a Leinster final, you know, or an All Ireland 
You don't live in Leitrim anymore, I don't think. So, how does that affect maybe your relationship with your club in Leitrim or your your former club now, I suppose, in Leitrim and 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 the county setup as well? Are you still able to get up there and get involved in some way, or has that had to take a back seat a bit? I kind of have, to be honest, because uh, like I've just been trying to very hard last, you know, last couple of years work. You know, I'm mm. trying to shift work twelve hour shifts, tough weekends going. and stuff. You know, and it's, it's tough going. You know, especially with hurling Thomas Davis I play with Natalia, and we're playing. We're, you know, we're after getting promoted to playing senior in the senior A championship, mm. and uh, so it's and it's getting tough for you know yourself when you're playing senior A championship. You, you, the club wants you times a week you know and Leitrim wants you going down three times a week and then you're trying to sort your hours out between work as well and just it's so difficult because it's not it's um, it's so difficult to be playing and because there's a lot of travelling in it as well and people don't people don't like you know when you're playing for Leitrim and all the players are living outside the county they're you know and and it, it's difficult it's not easy you know it's just some people just don't don't actually understand how much travelling is in it, you know? Mm, it's, yeah, it's certainly tough no matter what level you're playing at, Zach. Um, Zach, it's been great to speak to you. It's been a really enlightening chat. Before I let you go, just on a broader point, the hurling season, um, do you think we'll get any action into 2021? We've had a bad start to the year, but the figures seem to be going in the right direction. Yeah, but, yeah, like, things seem to be going good, but I, I think my opinion is we need to get, what you call it, we need to get the kids back playing or we can yeah. do some sort of social distance because I noticed with the first lockdown, like, I was kind of 36 in my team, you know, and I lost, when after the lockdown, when we went back, I lost six players. And God, any more players I'm going to lose. But that's in every, that's in every team in our club, you know, we seem to lose a couple of players because you know yourselves, when you stop playing for a couple of months, you lose interest in the playing PlayStation at home. I think they need to do they need to do something, you know. They need to do get something back playing, you know. I think, you know, even groups of five or, you know, the G, uh, I mean, well, obviously the government needs to, you know, do something, get people back playing sports because I think it's what sports keeps keeps people together and keeps the country on its toes. And that was Zach Moradi speaking to me last week and uh, a really enlightening chat. really enjoyed talking to Zach and uh, we wish him well with his future endeavours. Right, let's get straight into things and the All-Stars this week. And a uh, couple of... No- Dublin obviously dominate the list, but we do have a couple of includees from Cavan and uh, one from Tipperary as well, Nicky. Yeah, probably expected. I suppose if there was any controversy you want to call it that, I would have thought it maybe Patrick Durkin from Mayo and... Uh, there was one other mayor lad its name won't come to me now at the moment. That, that's about Bush, the only possibility. Yeah. Um, other than that, look, they kind of picked themselves really. They, again, they'll probably be uh, Stephen Cluxon now. He's got a couple of All Stars, but he's in the kind of the James McGarry scenario. James McGarry, who never got an All Star and was the best goalkeeper of his time, and he was the best goalkeeper because he, you know, he had far less to save than the guys who were getting the All Stars. So you're often in that situation. But look, Dublin dominated and. and no great surprise. Not a strange not to see a Kerry name among them. I know I'll be shot for saying this, but there was a poll in The Independent today about that famous question, splitting up Dublin. Looking at the All-Stars <laughs> and the domination that we all expected to come, uh, is there a case now? Because it is a bit worrying when you have one team dominating the All-Stars. Uh, we had nine one year. 
Yeah, yeah, one year. <laughs> Jim, Liam, the whole notion of Dublin. I was on the um, strategic review when that came up. It will never happen. I'm telling you, it'll never happen. But a point you would it's make. It's not going to happen. There's talk, obviously, there's been talk for a number of years about uh, ceasing the provincial championships and maybe being a bit more practical in that format. Would splitting Dublin not be practical in, in another no, sense? It will not happen, Liam. It will never Simple happen. Simple as that. What, what, what if I said to you, do you want to split, will you split James Stevens? <laughs> well, no, no, I wouldn't agree it won't, to that. It won't happen. And I mean, oh. people were, interestingly as well, rather ironically, there was a, the, the Independent did the poll of the uh, of the county chairpersons around the country and the vast majority of them actually didn't have an issue with the funding going towards Dublin. Now, it has been reducing because the figures come out during the week and it does need to reduce more. So, I mean, the bottom line is, is that it's up to the other counties to get up to Dublin, but the notion that Dublin is going to be split, it won't happen. Mm. Period. The, the point I would make is Kilkenny's dominance in the 06 09 period is a bit different to why Dublin are dominating maybe at the moment. Obviously, there's the best 15 on the pitch, but there's stuff going on in the background. Um, looking at those all stars, Pat, any surprises do you think? Uh, not really. I mean, four Dublin defenders, four Dublin forwards, one midfielder. Um, I suppose the only surprise you might have is that there's three Cavan and there's only two mm. uh, Mayo. So, you know, that's that's the only... But you'd be only mm. splitting hairs there. The, um, the lads got their, uh, the, the, their um, uh, all-stars for... They were the best men in the best positions, yeah, I'd say. You know, I, you, couldn't, you couldn't complain about anyone that got an award. Yeah, a couple of texts in. One saying Kilkenny won nine All-Stars twice in 1982 and 2008. Another text in saying, great to hear new video analysis added to the Kilkenny setup. Also, Output Sports, who specialise uh, in that area as well, will be working with Kilkenny. James Maher, also a welcome addition to the setup as well. Yeah, that was well documented during the yeah, week. That's well, good to can, see. Can we do it in relation to video analysis? Let's mm. be clear now. Kilkenny have had video analysis for years and years and years. Yeah. There was a, a two girls from uh, twins. Uh, for twins from Monaghan. That's right. Yeah. Uh, were involved. They're actually games of games co- coaching games development officers in Dublin at the moment in two clubs. They went to Carlow IT and they've been analysing it. They've been doing all the games and they were giving the content to the players uh, as requested by Brian and Michael Dempsey. Um, obviously not familiar with the last year or so uh, to the different players to analyse their performance in matches so it wouldn't be wrong to think that that um, that we haven't been doing video analysis mm. we have perhaps I, perhaps it has changed I wasn't aware of that now perhaps it has changed and there's a different type of content and perhaps there's other people in and perhaps the two girls can't do anymore because they're engaged in full time roles in Dublin yeah, well, I, I don't know the details, but but we want to give the would want to give the impression that this is the mm. video analysis new to Kilkenny. It's not has been there for mm. many many years, and it's not new to intercounty hurling or football. No, it's, no, it's part of the thing. Part of the parcel. I should see in the club game now. Mm. Um, we were talking off there about a potential Amazon deal, Nicky. You're not convinced that'll happen, but. Does it open a debate? But no, what, about I mean, we what, what I mean by that is, I'm not saying it. You never say never with these things. But as somebody who sat in on negotiations uh, a number of years ago, I mean, you have to sometimes throw in a sprat. I mean, the, the Premiership has now been um, Amazon have got an interest in the Premiership and have some games there. So the notion that they might be interested in the GA is is, is always a possibility. And by having um, having people there, I think it does up the up the ante a little bit. Uh, I see kind of less likely because um, a lot of people don't have Amazon Prime as a product, whereas Sky is 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 far more readily available in the country. Now you can buy Amazon yeah. Prime if you want to, but I'm 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 think that would be a lesser one. If it was if it was to go to Amazon Prime, it might 
very well be for an audience outside of Ireland where they might get it as a secondary product where they wouldn't necessarily get live games but they could use it perhaps from Monday on in the States or wherever it might be. Mm. Well, there might be possibility there. Hypothetically, if it did happen here in Ireland, I suppose, very much like the Sky Deal to a sense, there's a generational clash there where you have the younger viewers that are probably consuming content like that and the older viewers who can't access it. Yeah, um, I'm leaning more towards the likes of Leash TV myself. <laughs> <laughs> you look at you look at La Liga now. Yeah. La Liga TV shows uh, show all the matches uh, on 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 the Sky platform. So I would think that the GA TV and uh, we heard a, a whisper that uh, a lot of the interviews of Leash GA teams will be done on Leash GA TV maybe yeah I saw that Pat, where they're, banning, like that. they're going to bar the but media from coming to county board meetings yeah yeah, they, they, they just need to be careful about that but mm. the GA the GA currently I mean if you if you uh, if you're watching uh, if, if games are live on now I mean the GA now through their own platform are able to send out tweets and you can actually watch action of, of uh, goal scoring mm. games and all of that sort of stuff so the platform that was invested in a couple of years ago and had some involvement in it with the whole new internet platform is very capable of taking a lot of that mm. so Look, in reality, you could say, can, should the GA be televising their own matches and all that? But they're not a TV company, they're a sports yeah, organisation. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, why would they get into the technology that's, that's actually required there? But I do think platforms like Prime and even the likes of Facebook and that, I can understand why they would have an interest in getting access because there's a hunger out there for sport in general and younger people now are consuming sport more on smart devices than they are on yeah, traditional yeah, television. Yeah. Yeah, and um, like you watch all the match goals in the Premier yeah. on your off, on your phone on whatever it is Sky, Sky platform, yeah, yeah, Sky Go or whatever it is. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's a difference in, in whereas we all waited for match of the day. You yeah, know, well, that's gone. You know, if the, mm. but that was yeah. of its time, like you mm. know, that's gone. And um, we just, I know, I still watch it. Yeah, but you, you know the scores. <laughs> by the way, we have the hurling all stars tomorrow night, and we'll get one. We get one. Where's that going? Yeah, the obvious. Yeah. Um, we have to also send on our best to Denise Gall and Grace Walsh. They're also in the ring in the Camogie side of things. Yeah, that'll be coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, very well deserved. I would have been plugging for Claire Fielding from a long time myself, but uh, she'll get an all-star all right. But between the two of them, uh, Denise and Grace, it's a toss-up. Both were brilliant all year. Um, and particularly in the final both of them were great and I mean Grace Walsh's move to midfield was uh, was was a great move by Brian Dowling and mentors well deserved in a sentence James McLean how would you sum it up I was listening I was listening the other day to him the wife being interviewed as I was mm. doing my rounds my, my 6k in the morning I was listening 6K? to the wife yeah yeah you put oh, me yeah. to shame now yeah you're going to leave um the wife being interviewed by Claire Borden and then mm. actually James came on it wasn't expected um, look he's had a tough time the wife openly admitted that he scored a number of own goals and he did um, I mean he's from the Craigan in Derry it's very nationalistic he ha holds those views and, and that but you know he hasn't always been the smartest uh, his smartest cookie around the place but it's tough going with a couple of kids and all that to, 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 to be putting up with that and it would be better if those who talk about knocking out racism out of football mm. they would at least consider his side of it as well Pat when you delve a bit deeper he does have a case as to why he doesn't want to wear the poppy but yeah. at the same time as Nicky has touched on there his behaviour at times has uh, 
almost invited the abuse. Not that that uh, excuses it. Mm. Yeah, well, you see, I suppose uh, it's like a, a lot of these things. Uh, I think the word that the pop may is oftentimes seen people say it's voluntary, but it's uh, actually maybe mm. not. You mm. know, in in reality, so uh, that can often draw the the the, the ire of people and that. But look, it's. Uh, the way the way players and all the rest and their families are abused nowadays and the abuse online and all that is just terrible. It doesn't matter whether what, what, what colour or whatever. It's just horrible, the whole thing. Absolutely. Right, we'll take a break and we'll turn to snooker briefly when we come back. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Into the final section of the program. Trish has been in touch from Bennisbridge. We're not quite sure about that, Trish, but thanks very much for the text. 0863537782 is our taxback.com number if you want to send in a last minute text. Uh, joined now on the line by Davy Morris. Evening to you, Davy. Hi, Liam. How are you? Not too bad. Um, Welsh Open week, of course, and uh, it wouldn't be a, a snooker competition without Ronnie O'Sullivan there, thereabouts again. But um, yeah. I'd say he was I- disappointed not to face Ali Carter in the end. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I don't know exactly what was wrong with Ali Carter. He felt very unwell today and gave the walk over to Ronnie. I don't think it was anything to do with uh, coronavirus. It was. I think it could be something to do with his Crohn's problem, which he's had his whole life, really. So it, it, it knocked him on, knocked him for six mm. a few times. But um, it's disappointing because he's had a, a great run up to that with wins over Mark Allen in the last round and a couple of good wins before that. So I'm sure he's disappointed not to have the chance to take on Ronnie in the quarterfinals today. Yeah, do you think even a player at Ronnie's level that, you know, missing that game might uh, prove difficult going into a semi-final? Uh, in a way, it would probably give him a little bit of rest. Not that he mm. needs it, but it'll probably actually make him even better, I would imagine, for the quarters because he's had a day off and he can do a small bit of practice and basically have no stress on the body before the semi-finals because, um, you know, there's there's not too many big names left and Selby went out today and so did Jim Trump earlier on in the tournament, so you'd expect Ronnie to probably convert this tournament into a win mm. yeah. Mark Williams and Steve McGuire and Jordan Brown from Antrim mm. but um, I'd highly I'd, I'd, I'd really think Ronnie is, is the one to beat here I, I can't see him losing this tournament from here Yeah and um, one name that kind of caught me on the hop a bit Davey was Hossein Vavaya I'm not, not quite yeah. sure how to pronounce it beating Judd Trump um, yeah. is, this, is this another guy on the up and up yeah, well, he, you'd be surprised. He, he's actually he's from Iran, but he's lived in Navin in Ireland for maybe really? four or five years. Yeah, because he couldn't get a UK visa. Yeah. And he got a visa uh, here for Ireland. So he's practicing up in Navin for a number of years. So he, he actually qualified to be professional about six or seven years ago. And he had to wait two or three years until eventually he got a visa for the UK to enter the UK and play in the tournament. So he's around a long time. He's a former World Amateur Champion and World Under 21 Champion. So like, there's no surprise. Uh, him beating Judd I guess mm. but um, all the snooker players know how good he is but he's just I suppose not known to the wider public because he's not on the TV so much yeah, but yeah of, like a really class player bit of a hidden gem to the uh, the casual viewer yeah that's it I think he's got two semi-finals and world ranking events and you know he's not on the tour that long so he, he is showing potential he's one of these players I think that if he was to win one event he could win a number of them it's just getting the first one out of the way but um no surprise that he's beaten Judd. You know, he, he had a great win before that against Shouting Tang from China. He's probably one of the top two or three up-and-coming players in the world at the minute. Like, just super talented. Yeah, Davey, a word on Judd Trump. Of course, he did have the COVID. How's he, how's he been since that? And uh, Yang Bing Tao, well, what other word could you use other than sensation? 
Yeah, for his age, Yan Bing Pao, he won mm. the Masters. I think he's only only 21. It's just incredible. Like, and that's, I mean, he's won two, I think, two other Russian events besides that. So he won the World Amateur at 15. So it just shows what type of talent he was. You know, that's a, he's just unbelievable. He's in the top 16 already. And, you know, he's actually heading towards the top eight. So it's, it's probably brilliant for China, the new up-and-comer, uh, to follow Ding's mm. footsteps. Because Ding has been holding the fourth for about 12 or 13 years now. But, Yan Bing Tao seems to have the complete game, brilliant safety player, brilliant under pressure and just cool as a breeze when the winning line comes. So he, he he's gonna be around for a long time. Yeah. And Davy, finally, no messing around, who wins this? Uh Ronnie wins it out, I think. I think it'll be uh, Ronnie and Stephen Maguire final. Yeah. You can't really go wrong with Ronnie, can you? <laughs> no, he, he even though there's no one in there, he would sell people. People will watch him from home for sure. So yeah, I can see Ronnie Maguire final and maybe Ronnie dominating that final. Davy, great to speak to you. I know it was brief. We might get you on for a bit more of an in-depth chat later on in the month or next month sometime, but really appreciate you taking the call. Yeah, that's perfect, Liam. Thanks, Thanks very much. Local Stuker Sir Davy Morris just casting a brief eye over the Welsh Open. And uh, that's our lot for another Talk Sport. Thanks very much for your company and to all our texters. We'll do it all again from 12 noon tomorrow afternoon. Do tune in for that. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. And a very good evening and welcome to TalkSport here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. We're live on 88.7 FM and around the world on crkc.ie. Split the Pot draw has just been made. We'll bring you details on that in a few minutes. No racing in Goran this afternoon, but we are in Dundalk as usual. Scott will join us on the line in just a moment. Also on the programme, we'll hear from Leitrim Zach Moradi, all about his story. And it's Welsh Open Week, and local snooker star Davy Morris will join us to talk about that. If you want to join the conversation, 086 353 7782 is our text number. And that's sponsored by taxback.com. Let's go racing and join our ace tipster, Bear Scott. Evening to you, Bear. Evening, Liam. Have you got Thank some you. money to make for us? Well, we made a bit last week now. You know, yeah. we had a 10 to 1 winner last week. Credit where credit is due. We better mention it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get to mention do. it too often. Well, we, that's what I'm saying. We do have enough losers, so we better <laughs> mention it. But anyway, that's a worry. Look, they're, they're racing again. Started at 4 o'clock up there in Dundalk. And um, the first race went to number three, Maggie Thunder, seven to two favourite. Second was number eight, Mysterio, eighteen to one. And third was number seven, Poets Pride, eleven to two, and nine ran. The four thirty, this went to number two, Grandmaster Flash, seven to four favourite. Second was number four, Sneaky Getaway, nine to four. And third here was number three, Pascarenko, at eleven to one. Number one was a non-runner here, and eight ran. 
The five o'clock, the winner was number five, Betrayed, nine to two. And second was number two, Stribbling, 13 to two. The beaten favourite was number seven, and seven ran. The 5.30, this went to number seven, Big Gossie, 10 to one. Dead heat per second between number five, Wonder Elzam, and number six, Fast Man, Wonder Elzam, 18 to five, and Fast Man, 22 to one. Beaten favourite was number eight, and nine ran. Didn't get the six o'clock yet, Liam. I expect you'll probably get that. We will, yeah. Before, yeah, before you finish there. But uh, I'm looking at the last three races on the card tonight. The 6.30 and 7 o'clock, two divisions of a one-mile handicap, both having the maximum 14 runners and both looking extremely tricky. The half-six race, uh, I've tried to narrow it down to five, four or five, but uh, look, I don't even know what might be favourite maybe Sister Lola who has a good recent run I think uh, another one MacCliff number 13 also good recent form Nayland number 5 and I think myself maybe number 1 Lady Andas will also feature in the bet. it's tricky and the winner could come from the way outsiders here I just think that number 1 Lady Andas a well bred horse who has been running over distances that may not have been ideal not sure if the mile will be ideal but I think she'll be uh, an each way price and might be worth a euro each way there the second division at 7 o'clock again I tried to narrow it down a bit an important run runner here is number 7 Ranger Bob who I think would probably have been favoured but uh, without Ranger Bob I think number 9 each earn will take over the mantle as favourite Darkest Hour number 10 uh, number one, Jack Berry House. Number four, Miss Sassy Boots. And number eight, Tommy the Hat. I think should all feature prominently in the betting, even at number 13, Tyrannia is another one that could be fancied here. Each Aaron has won three times over the course and distance. Kind of lost his way for a while and was running very poorly. But last couple of runs, he's beginning to show a sign of his old form. He w- This is a, an excellent opportunity opportunity for him to get win number four on the course and would you believe it I got a bell from Spain today about each year and I'm told that he should certainly be in at the business end of that race. Finally the half seven this is the seven furlong handicap layman that includes our friend Togoville who's done the business for us last week. Also in there is uh, number four Masalaya winner last week as well number one Sunset Nova who's been running really well in recent times and number two St. George says they should all be vying for favouritism here but I'm going to desert the old timer friend here Tocqueville the oldest horse in the race again and I think he will run well tonight but I think he might be found wanting tonight down near the bottom number nine Indiana Gray is one that's been catching my eye uh, at a, a little bit further back than the winners I would say but running really well and his last run he hadn't much luck in running. Written by Danny Sheehy tonight. I think he has an excellent in each race chance. And he's the one with the Carolyn Carol my a few bob tonight, Lane. Okay, Bert, thank you very much indeed for that. And of course, there was no racing in Gorn Park today due to a waterlogged surface. Um, on a sadder note, uh, the passing of Peter Marr from Evergreen Bear, um, I'm sure you came across him. Oh, God, I, I know Peter a long, long time before he ever got involved in soccer. But look, what can I say about Peter? Anybody that's been involved 
locally in soccer over the last 40, 50 years maybe would know Peter. He's just been an absolutely tremendous worker for the game in Kilkenny. He's been involved all down through the years, committees, school boys in particular. He'll always be known as the man that ran. Now there was other people. He had plenty of lieutenants and good lieutenants, might I say. I won't even uh, mention names because if I did, I would surely leave out somebody. But Peter was always the man you could go to. And he, where school guys was concerned, he was just tremendous. I know he came to me many times, you know, if, if there was a team needed somebody to go somewhere with him and he couldn't go himself and that was seldom. He'd come up to the house and he just, he just couldn't refuse him. You know, he was, that, he loved the game so much. It didn't matter whether it was under 18, under 16, under 12, under 11, he'd be looking for somebody to go with him. And I, I had a word with a chap today that actually played underage soccer with Peter, and he told me, I thought it was a nice little story. He said that, and I, I, I could nearly, Peter was always a great character and a great wit, very funny man, and he could tell the story. And even the young lads used to get a great kick out of me. He'd tell him a few, you know, a few stories early on, and he'd have them all laughing. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, this chap told me it could get serious. Peter, the laughing is finished. All right, that's the end of the laughing. Now we have to talk about this match. And that's the way he was, you know, he was a tremendous character. So sorry to hear of his passing because I was speaking to him not too long ago. Now it wasn't very recent, but a couple of months back I met him down outside the Black Abbey and he was in good old form. And Peter wasn't, as I say, he, he never looked the healthiest, but he, he was a lot tougher than he looked, that's for mm. sure. Well, we send on our condolences to his family and uh, may sure. he rest in peace. Bear, thanks a lot and uh, we'll hear from you again on Sports tomorrow right. afternoon. Thanks, Thank you very much indeed. That's Bear Scott there with the racing pata, a legend. Yeah, Peter. Peter was one of those uh, these people, real genuine fella and uh, I think, uh, you know, he, he was... Uh, uh, liked and respected by everyone. It didn't matter what uh, sport and organisation you're in, and uh, and that. But he was just one of those genuine people. Mm, and Nicky Kilkenny's a small county, yeah. so when we have these sporting leg- legends. We have to. Yeah, well, I, I I got mm. to know Peter first actually when he used to be coming out to visit relatives or stay at relatives not too far away from our house at home. And his sister Dorothy was a was a, a world class um, Irish dancing. Uh, had to lady so she was absolutely tremendous she really was performing at the top so I, I got to know to that stage but uh, you know I, I, he, he, there's a lot of young lads in Kilkenny who he helped along the way with their mm. football and uh, I think they owe a huge debt of gratitude for all he done and uh, to his family's sympathies because he was a he was a great guy for football and soccer in Kilkenny but he was a, he was an even better person and that's something that nice and when we talk about people who've di- who died and Pat you, I mentioned safety before the programme a man who sold tickets more tickets than I can think of anybody was Jackie Hanley out in uh, oh yeah Jackie out in he lived out in, yeah, in, in Callum Road in Kilmana yeah, yeah. and my god did he sell it so <laughs> I suppose there's no doubt about it Bally Callan would want us to, um, Greg Bally Callan would want us to mention Jackie tonight in the programme because he sold more tickets for that club and he no matter what was going on it could even be I'd say he was selling tickets when mass was going on um, well you could meet Jackie anywhere selling tickets yeah. you could be down in Thomastown or you could be you could yeah. be anywhere Jackie had uh, pulled the, the, pull the tickets out of the box yeah, the tickets well the he box. was tremendous I mean oh, yeah. uh, and I know the Bally Cannon lads would want us to acknowledge that tonight yeah. you're far too young to know Jackie and Hanley but there's a lovely photograph on his on RIP because he's he obviously is he, the photograph is of when he served 
in the uh, in the in the army and mm. just acknowledging that as well. Yeah, and the other thing he did, of course, was um, before a lot of people did. He videoed a, a huge amount of matches uh, for the the club. Any uh, camogie underage, no matter what match, he was videoing them. Uh, he had, he was he had that going yeah. lo- long That's before true. a lot of people. Yeah. Now that you yeah. said that, it comes back to me. You know, look, it's important to, uh, to to remember guys like him because mm. he was very much part and parcel of the Belly Cannon Club for so many years. Too many of the people by the sound of it. Oh, very much so, yeah. 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 Well, we pass on our condolences to both families there and may they rest in peace. Our community radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Oh, we're changing tat completely now. Because we've got the split the pot draw. It's been made in the last couple of moments and you can stop biting the fingernails because it's in. And the winner of €555, Euro, and I can assure you this was all above board, was Sinead Cashin. So Sinead Cashin, €555, Euro first prize goes to you. And I'm sure there will be plenty of people able to make a connection between the Cashins there. But well done to you, to, uh, well done to you, to you Sinead. Um, in second prize, with €50, Euro, is Kevin Brennan. And in third prize, with €30, Euro, is KB. So, the draw once again. Sinead Cashin picks up €555. Euro. Kevin Brennan wins €50. Euro, and KB wins €30. Euro. I wonder, is that a pinter now to uh, Jim's treble tomorrow? <laughs> Could be. Could uh, be. Cashin's <laughs> might be on a roll. It's written in the stars. Oh, I think so, yeah. I think so, yeah. I wonder yeah. who was the promoter there. Oh, I'd say he'll be looking for a dividend. <laughs> so, Sinead, if you're listening to us... <laughs> You'll have to get out something nice from giving him by giving something little voucher yeah. for McDonald's or somewhere. Absolutely, and we'll do that draw again um, next month. So please do support Split the Pot wherever you see the yellow box. Slip the two euro into the envelope, and you're in the hat. And uh, well, anybody can come out. It's a uh, luck of the draw. Play January's Community Radio Kilkenny City Split the Pot monthly draw whenever you see the yellow boxes. Put two euros in the envelopes provided. Write your name and contact number on the envelope and drop the envelope in the yellow box. Be in it to win. The more envelopes you have in the yellow box, the better chance you have of winning. You can also get the envelopes from any volunteer of Community Radio Kilkenny City or at the radio station at 32 Hebron Industrial Estate, just off the Hebron Road. Be in it to win it. JJ Cavan and Sons sponsoring Friday Talksport from 6 to 7 on Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. Please do support the Split the Pot draw. Now, a text in from Jim Rowan saying, Don't forget Jackie Handley of Ballycallan. He was a lovely man. So that comes in from Jim Rowan. And uh, another text from our own Barry Enrique saying, Oh, Jesus, I hope you are right in the heat because I'm broke. So <laughs> that's a little subtle dig there, our own Jim Cashin. And uh, Jim, you'll have to up your game tomorrow. Right, let's go to the Greyhounds in James's Park. Nicky. Thank you very much, Liam. Well, look at as I say, I, since I started this crack from Seamus Brophy, I don't think I've let a week go by where I didn't have one winner. So that's probably. That's a couple could plan. learn from you. Well, I don't know about that now, <laughs> but it's my biggest fear when I'm at home on a Friday night and I'm checking the results and I'm heading towards race eight and I said, gone mm-hmm. race nine or right nine or ten, better do something for me. This is totally potluck, as um, Paul Hennessy knows. It's a pin job. And you hit the post a good few times I as well. I hit the post a few times as mm-hmm. well, yeah, yeah. Well, look at in, in about a month's time, the man who should really know about the who does know about the Greyhounds here, hopefully he'll be back to take on this. Anyway, they start tonight at half seven out on the um, the Freshford Road out in James's Park. In fact, I was talking to a journalist during the week, Liam, and uh, there will be an article actually in the Sunday Independent on Sunday about All-Ireland finals that were actually played outside of uh, Croke Park, mm-hmm. and one All-Ireland final was played in James's Park. Really? How about that now? Yeah. There you go. Did you know that, Pat Tracy? No. 
There you go now. Anyway, read all about it on Sunday. Dermot Crow in the uh, in the Sunday Independent. Anyway, I'm going for race number one. It's the Frightful Flash Kennels uh, Novice 525 semi-final. I'm going for number two in that. It's Brian Egan owned from Morton Westmead. Murky Lahey trained. Temple Spark, number two, to get the better of Patrick Sinnott's Blackstone Teddy, number three. Moving on to the second race, and that is the Frightful Flash Kennels Novice. It's a 5-2-5 uh, semi-final. It's the second semi-final of that stake. Race one was the first semi-final. I'm going for uh, Mary Boogies, sound from Bagnestown, trained by Thomas Boogies. Number five, Kilgraney Line, to get the better of Tom Lahey's. Owned and trained, could be could be it. Moving on to race number three, the COVID-19 protocols, A7525. My tip on that is William Hanlon's uh, number five, Ballygore Boss, to get home ahead of uh, number one, uh, Myra Costigans from Porkeesh's Moidra's Jet. Race number four, Greyhound make great pets and A6525. My tip there is the Quinlan Dog from Turles, Theresa Quinlan's number one, Bull run blast to get home ahead of number three, Patrick Kyo's all the way down from Carlo there, Aragal Bally. Moving on to race number five, additional meeting at Kilkenny Track. It's an A5525. My tip in that is number five, Jamelli Lizzie, Stuart Cavanagh's own and trained to get home ahead of uh, the syndicate out there from Three Castles, The Rock, Lemon Lockdown, Tom Lannan uh, trainer there from that one. Race number six, is the um, trials at Kilkenny Track and A5525. My tip in that one is number four, Wayward T-Shot. It's a syndicate uh, trained by Morty Lahey. Number four there to get in ahead of number two, Incredible Drew, Vincent John Lund, owned and Paul Hennessy trained to come home there in second. Race number seven, the Odewires Greyhound feeds a a four five two five. My tip there is Liam Peacock's number four Bogger Gina to get home ahead of uh, young Billy Sinnott out there in Kells. A Blackstone Flyer number one. Race number eight. Not going far. It's the Ballymac Anton at Stud. A four five two five. My tip there is George Webster's number three Arabian Bell to get home ahead of number two a Syndicate. Um, Naboha Road Syndicate there Martin Morrissey's Ushie and Flash to come home second race number nine sales meeting at Kilkenny track A3525 my tip on that one is number five Bogger Charlie another peacock dog from Torres to get home ahead of number six Henry Kelly's Carlo Jet that, that, that could be a good race there it's between those two I think race number ten is the McCalmont Cup A3525 it's a stake actually I don't think it's the, the, it's starting pretty soon and uh, I'm going for number one Kippers Express Shem O'Donnell and Joseph O'Hanlon's off just across the few fields from me there so Shem I'm putting you in tonight to win ahead of number three Ascot Matty's Billy Murphy's dog and race number 11 heading off around 25 past nine out there on James's Park tonight racing next Friday night at 8.2525 my tip for that one is Sean Dooley's Town Hope has had uh, four wins in its last five races there but it'll have it all to do still even though I think they'll get the better of um, Marty Lahey's Amelia Waters number six Perry's Lucky Pick and uh, number six to come home second and that's it Liam from James's Park N- tonight Nicky thank you I'm not sure if this is construed as bullying at this stage another text in from Barry I should be following a man that knows nothing about what he speaks instead of a lad that is supposed to know everything about soccer I so don't I'm not easily insulted <laughs> it's alright Barry
I don't know I think poor Jim and yourself need a bit of defence here so if there's anyone out there that wants to defend either Nicky or Jim 086-353-7782 is our taxback.com text line because I'd be I'm worried now that I might lose faith uh, <laughs> no no all I can say is that uh, G- uh, Barry can identify with Jim <laughs> we'll leave it we'll take a break we are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM in tune with TalkSport 0863537782 is our taxback.com text line and we're here until 7 o'clock now last week I spoke to Zach Moradi he's a Leitrim hurdler and you may have seen him on the Tommy Tiernan show two or three weeks back and we had a very good in-depth chat so here's how it went um, well as you, as you know the family came from refugee after spending about 22 years in the refugee camp mm. in, in, in Iraq over the when the Iraq-Iran war Started in nineteen eighty, invaded Iran, and then you were, you know, twenty to fifty thousand other people were told to move on into Iraq. So they were kind of held as uh, as prisoners, prisoners of war, you know. But then, through all that, then you end up turning to refugees. Then, so so that war went on for about eight years, and then and then obviously when we when we came here as a programme refugee in 2002 1st of July 2002 and then obviously you know it took about two months later obviously then the GAA kicked in between mm. Gaelic and Hurling kind of you know the way down schools they all do uh, Hurling and Gaelic with uh, a club coach coming in doing a bit of GAA you know yourself but um, it just kind of kicked off there yeah the primary school mm. when I was in 6th class and can you remember the first game you saw or the first time you saw you know these couple of lads going around with a hurling slitter and said to yourself God what's going on here do you remember that moment yeah I remember that and I was just I was just like now what the hell is this game you know it was it was just something different it was just because I used to just be so used to playing you know soccer or but, you know, I mm. sprinting against friends when I was in Iraq, you know. So it was just a different sport, and it was a, and it was this kind of, it was a big challenge as well for me, especially when I didn't really speak English at all either, you know. So it was just, you're trying to combine the two together. But, uh, yeah, I kind of just uh, came there, you know, just kind of fell it over, just kind of, like, that's probably a but I all just got more enjoyment out of hurling. You know, hurling is just a game with you and puck around against the wall. And, you know, if you're going playing soccer, you always need someone to kick a ball and get someone to get back to kick Yeah, but hurling is a very different game. Mm. You can bang a slitter against the wall and it'll come back to you. And the slitter can be your friend. And did it take long, Zach, to warm to the sport? Or, you know, like, were you instantly in love with hurling or did it take a few uh, pucks around with your friends to get into it? And, uh, like, how important was hurling to, to make friends and to kind of blend into the, into the community? You know, very important to me. As, as I said, Gaelic was... I actually picked up Gaelic very quick, very easy mm-hmm. enough, you know. But um, hurling was just like... It, it did take a couple of years for me to get used to, you know, speaking and, you know, there's a lot of skills, there's a lot of skill involved in hurling, you know, if you compare it to any other sport. If you, if you, if you know, it's like, if you're even trying to get a, a professional soccer player, I get Ronaldo trying to give him a, a, a give him a hurling a slitter, you know, and he'll find it very hard to be able to strike a ball or, you know, mm-hmm. to pick it up because it's just, there's so much skill involved. 
Mm. You know, soccer, anybody can play soccer. If you get a five-year-old, put a ball in the ground, you'll be able to kick it. But you, you're not going to be able to do that with, uh, with hurling. Mm. It, need, it needs a lot of training, you know. And so I put, I, to be honest with you, I put, it, I put in a lot of work myself, you know, on my own, going around with a hurl and a slitter with friends and hooking the bells and hitting the ball against the slitter, you know. And just... And over the years, and I just got like I just I end up just loving the game, you know. And it's just so fast. I always enjoy the game, you know. You always get enjoy now when you're even striking that ball. For me, it's not. Honestly, for me, hurling is just I just enjoy going out and playing and make so many friends over hurling. And you know, some people's heads, you know, I know sometimes at underage, you know, you see coaches as all about trying to get winning mentality in their head. When I'm coaching kids in my club, I'm always trying to keep them playing. Get them over. If you can get 30 kids playing up to minor, that's, you're going to get them playing for the rest of their life, you know? Yeah, and, and a lot of people probably would be surprised that Leitrim is the county where you picked up Harlan because it's not exactly a stronghold. It's not a stronghold, but then, as I always say, you get people in every county, in every county in Ireland. You know, and every like there's a hurling club in this. Uh, there's a hurling club in uh, it's called mm. St Mary uh, Carrick Hurling Club, and all they do is just hurling, mm. and they have a couple of teams, and you know, and they they be the same as this to the last one, Kilkenny, and they love hurling as well, you know, mm. and it's and it's um it's um like I never like to be honest with you, when I was when I started playing when I was young I I would never thought. I'd, these thing in my mind oh, Leitrim is not a hurling county and you know all this kind of usual you hear from people yeah. it's not a hurling county oh, it's a football in the end of the day it's whoever if every county is playing hurling and Gaelic so it is a hurling county and it is a football county you mightn't have everyone playing it's like probably Kilkenny not everybody plays hurling not everyone plays Gaelic but it's still a GA county you know mm. and did you reach a stage in your life hur- you know you got onto the Leitrim hurling panel did you reach a stage in your life where you thought geez, I'm good at this and, and you kind of seen it more as a, a, as something you could really aspire to go really high in rather than ju- it just being a hobby I um, I, I just you know, I just you know, I times when I went out playing hurling with Leitrim where I get set by 30 points you know and mm-hmm. it was just is, is a nightmare, you know, and you'd be like, you're traveling two hours in the car down, and another two hours back, you know, and then you, you could come back on the way. Some some days you could say that, but then some days you just kind of like when you win and it all pays off, win a game, and it's, when you win a game, it's, it's all great. But look, it's like in every county you know even when Kilkenny if they lose an All-Ireland semi-final in Hurland it like, probably does their head in you know altogether mm-hmm. what did we do wrong what can we do better you know well, you get that in every county where you're a smaller county but like at us at our level in Leitrim we're always just trying to promote Hurland to Hurland and trying to just improve Hurland that's why we're at like we're, we're, mm-hmm. I know we're, we're not aiming for All-Ireland like the Liam McCarthy or anything like that you know we're always we know our standards. We know what level we're at, and we're always trying to improve. Like a couple of years ago, we were the bottom. You know, seven, six, seven years ago, we were, the, you know, the, they went by if you include Lancashire, Warwickshire, all them, Berlin, London. Like we were that bottom for the, mm-hmm. the thirty-six goal, about um, yeah, seven counties ahead. You know, so we're not, you know, probably we're the twenty-seven, the twenty-six now. You know, so it's not too bad. You know. We're always we're kind of looking that way. We're always trying to get a couple of levels up. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's all about participation, I suppose, in a county like Leitrim. And uh, winning is a bonus, and you enjoy winning just like any other county. Um, in the dressing room environment, as you were, you know, going up through the ranks with Leitrim, and obviously with your club as well, did you ever have any trouble fitting into that dynamic? Because we all know there could be a bit of banter in a dressing room. Was there ever, was there ever any problems there, or did you fit right in? No, I fit right in. You know, it was. I I'm just like. I don't be looking at myself as I'm an outsider, you know. Mm. I just, uh, I, I feel like, you know, it's like on the court, and we always say because we don't have a country, you know, so anywhere we, we go and we land and we feel like this is our country. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and that's, and that's probably fair, and the fact you came to Ireland at a, a reasonably young age probably adds to that as well. Um, you know, it's it's any kid's dream to hurl in Crow Park and you got to live that dream. I mean, what was that like? I'm sure uh, the surface in Crow Park is better than, you know, your normal club GA ground pitch. Oh, stop, yeah. No, it's, uh, it's the best pitch, it's the best to play on. It's, it's second massive, you know. <laughs> you, 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 you could see, you, you could see what, when you're watching uh, National League games and if you're, you're yeah. watching the like, Wexford were playing down against Kilkenny to give them a good game in, in Nolan Park mm. and knowing Kilkenny are so much used to Tipperary they're so much used to Crow Park yeah. and then when they're playing against Wexford and Wexford and all them seem to be a little bit lost because they're huge and I used to the playing on that big pitch you know and did you find that did you find you had to take maybe that extra few minutes to get into the game and maybe get used to it on the first occasion yeah I, I, yeah like like obviously in 2017 when we got into the first the Larry Meyer final and it was just so hard to get into a final that time there was 6 or 17 and we tried to get there and it was just like it was just at that time it was like we were just happy that we got there to play in Crow Park it wasn't even like you know whether we won or not we were just delighted to be the first team in the county to get to play in Crow Park and to promote the game you know mm. but, um, but it was just like we knew it was like you have to be fit to play in Crow Park, you know. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you can't hide in Crow Park. That's why I've noticed. You know, you, you cannot. It doesn't matter if you have. Uh, like I even watched the uh, watched the Waterford and the Kilkenny uh, in the semi final. You know, uh. and and the difference I noticed when I was watching the whole game, it was the Waterford were a younger team and faster team. You know, you're bringing back you painful to, memories now, Zach. Yeah, no, it's just <laughs> these things. But like, well, actually, we kind of. The same thing would happen with Leitrim. We were very unfit when we played Warwickshire, and Warwickshire were a very fit team. Mm. And because, you know, we used to give Warwickshire a good game. We used to always be a point or two in them when we played them down in Warwickshire or in Leitrim or in the county. But when, you, when we played them, they were a fitter team and we could see it. And then for two years after, we just concentrate on the fitness a bit more. Mm. Because, you know, like fitness, because when you're playing a pack, it's a massive pitch. And that's why you see when even Dublin are playing Gaelic against Mead, Need and then seem to be lost because it's just a massive pitch, and it's you need a lot. Of, you know, you can't hide. You know. Yeah, and Zach, like playing a team like Warwickshire, it's not it's not a team that you'd see on the television week in week out. How does that affect preparations going into a match like that? Do you, do you know much about them? See, that's the problem with uh, like we're always like like when you're playing uh, Warwickshire, you just don't know who they have, who you're playing against. You know. <laughs> Because they have lads from all over the country, lads from Kenny, Tipperary, and like, and you, you tell them friends they're playing Warwickshire, and they're like, "Are oh, you playing an English team?" Yeah. And they, they, 
they just don't get it. And I'm like, you're playing lads that have been playing senior hurling for Kenny and Tips and Waterford and all them, and they all come in the combining to the one, you know. There's no posh English accent or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, that's the thing. And then when you're down there, there's like proper full-on hurling, and they're all like, they're all hurling. This is what we played, and they had Liam Watson of Vantrum, and he was the best hurling answer, and he was playing with them, mm. and they had, um, they were playing like, they have the Jacobs in Lancashire and there's a couple of big names as well they had you no know, played in the county a good level or some might have played minor gol- minor golfer one for other counties and they'd be playing they'd be all playing over there you know you just don't know who you're playing against Yeah. at least if I'm going down playing against Sligo I know who we're playing against who's good but with Lancashire and Warwickshire them teams can go up three levels in three years and three years time they can come back to scratch one mm-hmm. the players might travel back home and get jobs at home you know yeah and you've mentioned Kilkenny a few times and we probably take going to Crow Park for granted so it's great for all these guys that maybe had to travel abroad and, and to play for teams like Leitrim here in Ireland as well to get to Crow Park on these occasions it's superb because it's every kid's dream I suppose yeah no it's, that's the thing it's every kid's dream and then and you don't get a, I always say you don't get many you know many chances to get to play in Crow Park you're only no. getting a chance in a quarter final or if you're in a you know, Larry Maher or Nicky Rackham mm. Cup final, and especially if you're in Kilkenny, it's the, it's the Leinster semi-final or the Leinster final, you know, or an All-Ireland. So you only really get two or three chances a year to get to play there, you know, mm. unless you're getting to a league final or a semi-final, you know. And it's great when you get the opportunity to play there, but it's always great if you're winning as well, it keeps motivation going, you know. You don't live in Leitrim anymore, I don't think. So, how does that affect maybe your relationship with your club in Leitrim or your your former club now, I suppose, in Leitrim and and, and the county setup as well? Are you still able to get up there and get involved in some way, or has that had to take a back seat a bit? I kind of have, to be honest, because like I've just been trying very hard last you know last couple of years with work. You know, I'm mm. kind of on shift, work twelve hour shift, Tough weekends going. and stuff. You know. And it's, it's tough going, you know, especially with Hurling Thomas Davis I play with in Tala and we're playing, we're, you know, we're after getting promoted to playing senior, in the senior A championship. Mm. And uh, so, it's, and it's getting tougher, you know, yourselves. When you're playing senior A championship, you, you, the club wants you times a week, you know, and Leitrim wants you going down three times a week. And then you're trying to sort your hours out between work as well. And just, it's so difficult because it's not, it's, um, it's so difficult to be playing and because there's a lot of traveling in it as well and people don't, People don't like you know when you're playing for Leitrim and all the players are living outside the county. They're you know and and it, it's it's not easy. You know it's just some people just don't don't actually understand how much travel in the you know? Mm, yeah, it's certainly tough no matter what level you're playing at, Zach. Um, Zach, it's been great to speak to you. It's been a really enlightening chat. Before I let you go, just on a broader point, the hurling season, um, do you think we'll get any action into 2021? We've had a bad start to the year, but the figures seem to be going in the right direction. Yeah, but, yeah like, things seem to be going good, but I, I think my opinion is we need to get, what you call it, we need to get the kids back playing or we can yeah. do some sort of social distancing because I noticed with the first lockdown, like, I was panel uh, 36 in my team, you know, and I lost, when after the lockdown, when we went back, I lost six players. And God, any more players I'm going to lose. But that's in every, that's in every team in our club, you know, we seem to lose a couple of players because you know yourself, when you stop playing for a couple of months, you lose interest in the playing PlayStation at home. I think they need to do they need to do something, you know. They need to do get something back playing, you know. I think, you know, even groups of five or, you know, I mean, well, obviously the government needs to, you know, do something, get people back playing sports because I think it's what sports keeps 
keeps people together and keeps the country on its toes. And that was Zach Moradi speaking to me last week and uh, a really enlightening chat. Really enjoyed talking to Zach and uh, we wish him well with his future endeavours. Right, let's get straight into things and the All-Stars this week. And a uh, couple of no- Dublin obviously dominate the list, but we do have a couple of includees from Cavan and uh, one from Tipperary as well, Nicky. Yeah, probably expected. I suppose if there was any controversy you want to call it that, I would have thought it maybe Patrick Durkin from Mayo and... Uh, there was one other male lad its name on to come to me now at the moment. That, that's about the only possibility. Yeah. Um, other than that, look, they kind of picked themselves really. Again, they'll probably be uh, Stephen Cluxon now. He's got a couple of all stars, but he's in the kind of the James McGarry scenario. James McGarry, who never got an all star and was the best goalkeeper of his time, and he was the best goalkeeper because he, you know he had far less to save than the guys who were getting the all stars. So you're often in that situation. But look. Dublin dominated and, and no great surprise. Was not a strange not to see a Kerry name among them. I know I'll be shot for saying this, but there was a poll in the Independent today about that famous question splitting up Dublin. Looking at the All-Stars <laughs> and the domination that we all expected to come, uh, is there a case now? Because it is a bit worrying when you have so- one team dominating the All-Stars. Uh, we had nine one year. Yeah, yeah, one year. <laughs> Liam, the whole notion of Dublin. I was on the um, strategic review when that came up. It will never happen. I'm mm. telling you, it'll never happen. But a point you would it's make. It's not going to happen. There's talk. Obviously, there's been talk for a number of years about uh, ceasing the provincial championships and maybe being a bit more practical in that format. Would splitting Dublin not be practical in, o- in another oh, sense? It will not happen, Liam. It will never. Simple happen. Simple as that. What, what if I said to you, "Do you want to split? Will you split James Stevens?" Oh, well, no, no, I wouldn't agree it won't, to that. It won't happen. And I mean, oh. people were, interestingly as well, rather ironically, there was a, the Independent did the poll of the uh, of the county chairpersons around the country and the vast majority of them actually didn't have an issue with the funding going towards Dublin. Now, it has been reducing because the figures come out during the week and it does need to reduce more. So, I mean, the bottom line is, is that it's up to the other counties to get up to Dublin, but the notion that Dublin is going to be split, it won't happen. Mm. Period. Well, the, the point I would make is Kilkenny's dominance in the 06-09 period is a bit different to why Dublin are dominating maybe at the moment. Obviously, there's the best 15 on the pitch, but there's stuff going on in the background. Um, looking at those All-Stars, Pat, any surprises, do you think? Uh, not really. I mean, four Dublin defenders, four Dublin forwards, one midfielder. Um I suppose the only surprise you might have is that there's three Cavan and there's only two mm. uh, Mayo. So, you know, that's that's the only thing. But you'd be only mm. splitting hairs there. The, um, the lads got their, uh, the, the, their um, uh, all-stars for... They were the best men in the best positions, yeah, I'd say. You know, I, you, couldn't, you couldn't complain about anyone that got an award. Yeah, a couple of texts in. One saying Kilkenny won nine All-Stars twice in 1982 and 2008. Another text in saying, great to hear new video analysis added to the Kilkenny setup. Also, Output Sports, who specialise uh, in that area as well, will be working with Kilkenny. James Maher, also a welcome addition to the setup as well. Yeah, that was well documented during the uh, yeah, week. That's well, good to can, see. Can we do in relation to video analysis? Let's mm. be clear now. Kilkenny have had video analysis for years and years and years. Yeah. There was a, a two girls from uh, twins. Uh, for twins from Monaghan. That's right. Yeah. Uh, were involved. They're actually games of games co- coaching games development officers in Dublin at the moment in two clubs. They went to Carlo IT and they've been analysing it. They've been doing all the games and they were giving the content to the players uh, as requested by Brian and Michael Dempsey. Um, obviously not familiar with the last year or so uh, to the different players to analyse their performance in matches so it would be wrong to think that that um, that we haven't been doing video analysis mm. we have perhaps I 
perhaps it has changed. I wasn't aware of that now. Perhaps it has changed and is a different type of content and perhaps there's other people in and perhaps the two girls can't do any more because they're engaged in full-time roles in Dublin. Yeah, well... I, I don't know the details, but, but we want to give the, we want to give the impression that this is the mm. video analysis is new to Kilkenny. It's not has been there for mm. many, many years. And it's not new to intercounty hurling or football. No, no, it's part of the parcel of the I should see even in the club game now. Mm. Um we were talking off there about a potential Amazon deal. Nikki, you're not convinced that'll happen, but does it open a debate? But no, what, I mean, what, what I mean by that is I'm not saying it you never say never with these things. But as somebody who sat in on negotiations uh, a number of years ago, I mean you have to sometimes throw in a sprash. I mean the the premiership has now been um, Amazon have got an interest in the Premiership and mm. they have some games there so the notion that they might be interested in the GA is, is, is always a possibility and by having um, having people there I think it does up the, up the ante a little bit uh, I see kind of less likely because um, a lot of people don't have Amazon Prime as a product whereas Sky is, is, is far more readily available in the country now you can buy Amazon yeah. Prime if you want to but I'm, I'm, I'm think that would be a lesser one if it was if it was to go to Amazon Prime it might very well be for an audience outside of Ireland where they might get it as a secondary product where they wouldn't necessarily get live games but they could use it perhaps from Monday on in the States or wherever it might be mm. well, there might be possibility there hypothetically if it did happen here in Ireland I suppose very much like the Sky deal to a sense there's a generational clash there where you have the younger viewers that are probably consuming content like that and the older viewers who can't access it yeah um, I'm leaning more towards the likes of Leash TV myself <laughs> that, you look at you look at La Liga now. Yeah. La Liga TV shows all, show all the matches uh, on 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 the Sky platform. So I would think that the GA TV and uh, we heard a, a whisper that uh, a lot of the interviews of Leash GA teams will be done on Leash GA TV maybe yeah I saw that Pat, where they're stuff banning, like that they're going to bar the media from coming to county board meetings yeah yeah, they, they, they just need to be careful about that but mm. the GA the GA currently I mean if you if you uh, if you're watching uh, if, if games are live on now I mean the GA now through their own platform are able to send out tweets and you can actually watch action of, of uh, goal scoring mm. games and all of that sort of stuff so the platform that was invested in a couple of years ago and had some involvement in it with the whole new internet platform is very capable of taking a lot of that mm. so look in reality you could say can should the GA be televising their own matches and all that but they're not a TV company they're a sports yeah, organisation yeah, yeah. so I mean why would they get into the technology that's that's actually required there but I do think platforms like Prime and even the likes of Facebook and that I can understand why they would have an interest in getting access because there's a hunger out there for sport in general and younger people now are consuming sport more on smart devices than they are on yeah, traditional yeah, television yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, like you watch all the match goals in the Premier yeah. on your off, on your phone on whatever it is Sky, Sky Go. platform, yeah, yeah, Sky Go or whatever it is. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's a difference in, in whereas we all waited for match of the day. You yeah, know, well that's gone. You know, if the, mm. but that was yeah. of its time, like you mm. know, that's gone. And um, we just no, I still watch it. Yeah, but you, you know the scores. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, we have the hurling all stars tomorrow night, and we'll get one. We get one. Where's that going? Yeah, the obvious. Yeah. Um, we have to also send on our best to Denise Gall and Grace Walsh. They're also in the ring in the Camogie side of things. Yeah, that'll be coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, very well deserved. I would have been plugging for Claire Fielding from a long time myself, but uh, she'll get an all-star all right. But between the two of them, uh, Denise and Grace, it's a toss-up. Both were brilliant all year. Um, and particularly in the final both of them were great and I mean Grace Walsh's move to midfield was uh, was, was a great move by Brian Dowling and mentors well deserved in a sentence 
James McLean, how would you sum it up? I was listening. I was listening the other day to him, the wife being interviewed. As I was mm. doing my rounds, my my six k in the morning, I was listening 6K. to the wife. Yeah, yeah. You put oh, me yeah. to shame now. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna leave. <laughs> um, the wife being interviewed by Claire Borden, and then mm. actually James came on. It wasn't expected. Um, look, he's had a tough time. The wife openly admitted that he scored a number of own goals, and he did. Um, I mean, he's from the Craigan in Derry. It's very nationalistic. He holds those views, and, and that. But you know, he hasn't always been the smartest, uh, his smartest cookie around the place. But it's tough going with a couple of kids and all that to to to, to be putting up with that. And it would be better if those who talk about knocking out racism out of football, mm. they would at least consider his side of it as well. Pat, when you delve a bit deeper he does have a case as to why he doesn't want to wear the poppy but yeah. at the same time as Nicky has touched on there his behaviour at times has uh, almost invited the abuse not that that uh, excuses it mm. yeah well you see I suppose uh, it's like a lot of these things uh, I think the wearing of the poppy is oftentimes seen people say it's voluntary but it's actually maybe mm. not you know, in in reality, so uh, that can often draw the, the 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 ire of people and that. But look, it's uh, the way the way players and all the rest of their families are abused nowadays, and the abuse online and all that is just terrible. It doesn't matter whether what what, what colour or whatever. It's just horrible. The whole thing. Absolutely right. We'll take a break and we'll turn to snooker briefly when we come back. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. We're into the final section of the programme. Trish has been in touch from Bridge. We're not quite sure about that, Trish, but thanks very much for the text. 086353782 is our taxback.com number if you want to send in a last-minute text. Uh, joined now on the line by Davy Morris. Evening to you, Davy. Hi, Liam. How are you? Not too bad. Um, Welsh Open week, of course, and uh, it wouldn't be a, a snooker competition without Ronnie O'Sullivan there, thereabouts again. But um, yeah. I'd say he was I, disappointed not to face Ali Carter in the end. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I don't know exactly what was wrong with Ali Carter. He felt very unwell today and gave the walk over to Ronnie. I don't think it was anything to do with uh, coronavirus. It was. I think it could be something to do with his Crohn's problem, which he's had his whole life, really. So it, it, it's knocked him on knocked him for six mm. a few times but um, it's disappointing because he's had a, a great run up to that with wins over Mark Allen in the last round and a couple of good wins before that so I'm sure he's disappointed not to have the chance to take on Ronnie in the quarterfinals today Yeah, do you think even a player at Ronnie's level that, you know, missing that game might uh, prove difficult going into a semi-final? Uh, in a way it would probably give him a little bit of rest not that he mm. needs it but it'll probably actually make him even better I would imagine for the quarters because he's had a day off and he can do a small bit of practice and basically have no stress on the body before the semi-finals because um, you know there's there's not too many big names left and Selby went out today and so did just Trump earlier on in the tournament so you'd expect Ronnie to probably convert this tournament into a win mm. yeah. Mark Williams and Steve McGuire and Jordan Brown from Antrim mm. but um, I'd highly I'd, I'd, I'd really think Ronnie is, is the one to beat here I, I can't see him losing this tournament from here Yeah and um, one name that kind of caught me on the hop a bit Davy was Hossein Vavaya. I'm not, not quite yeah. sure how to pronounce it. Beating Judd Trump. Um, yeah. Is this, is this another guy on the up and up? Yeah, well, he, you'd be surprised. He, he's actually he's from Iran, but he's lived in Navin in Ireland for really? maybe four or five years. Yeah, because he couldn't get a UK visa. Yeah, and he got a visa uh, here for Ireland. So he was practicing up in Navin for a number of years. So he he had actually qualified to be professional about six or seven years ago and he had to wait two or three years until eventually he got a visa for the UK to enter the UK and play in the tournament so 
he's been around a long time. He's a former world amateur champion and world under twenty one champion. So like there's no surprise uh, him beating Judd, I guess, mm. but um all the snooker players know how good he is, but he's just I suppose not known to the wider public because he's not on the T V so much. Yeah, but yeah, of, like a really class player. Bit of a hidden gem to the uh the casual viewer. Yeah, that's it. I think he's got the two semi-finals and world ranking events, and you know he's not on the tour that long, so he, he is showing potential. He's one of these players that think that if he was to win one event, he could win a number of them. It's just getting the first one out of the way. But um, no surprise that he's beaten Judd. You know, he, he had a great win before that against Xiao Jingtang from China, who's probably one of the top two or three up-and-coming players in the world at the minute. Like just super talented. Yeah, Davy. A word on Joe Trump. Of course, he did have the COVID. How's he? How's he been since that? And uh, Yang Bing Tao. Well, what other word could you use other than sensation? Yeah, for his age, Yang Bing Tao. He won mm. the Masters. I think he's only only twenty one. It's just incredible. Like, and that's, I mean, he's won two. I think two other ranking events beside that. So he won the World Amateurs at fifteen. So it just shows what type of talent he was. You know, that's a, he's just unbelievable. He's in the top sixteen already, and you know he's actually heading towards the top eight. So it's, it's probably brilliant for China, the new up-and-comer, uh, to follow Ding's mm. footsteps. Because Ding has been holding the fort for about 12 or 13 years now. But Yan Bing Tao seems to have the complete game. Brilliant safety player, brilliant under pressure, and just cool as a breeze when the winning line comes. So he, he, he's going to be around for a long time. Yeah. And Davey, finally, no messing around. Who wins this? Uh, Ronnie wins it out, I think. I think it'll be uh, Ronnie and Stephen Maguire final. Yeah, you can't really go wrong with Ronnie, can you? <laughs> no, he, he, even though there's no one in there, he would sell seats, but people are watching from home for sure. So, yeah, I can see Ronnie Maguire final and maybe Ronnie dominating that final. Davey, great to speak to you. I know it was brief. We might get you on for a bit more of an in-depth chat later on in the month or next month sometime, but really appreciate you taking the call. Yeah, that's perfect, Liam. Thanks, Thanks very much. Local Stuker star Davey Morris just casting a brief eye over the Welsh Open. And uh, that's our lot for another Talk Sport. Thanks very much for your company and to all our texters. We'll do it all again from 12 noon tomorrow afternoon. Do tune in for that. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM.